went to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Bereldis. And Arizona Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Mitch Reldis and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Mitch, how are you doing today? I want to ask you first because uh, I usually get to Jesse first and I ask him how he's doing and well, if it's a I'll good be honest, day to be a Sun I'm so Devil. happy to be included this early on in the pod. It feels good to get ahead of Jesse for once. Um, I'm feeling good though. You know, one week into. Almost being members of the Big 12, I guess you could phrase it. It, it feels kind of good. It feels kind of good. I'm still excited for the last season of the Pac-12, Mitch. I didn't ask. I went to Mitch first. Look, look my contradictory <laughs> statements from last week were very contradictory, and I understand that. Um, and that's basically all I have to say on the matter. I will have no further comment at this time. Okay, we did a lot of Pac-12 talk and Big 12 talk last week. Let's go on to some news that happened yesterday, Jesse. Uh, would you like to kind of un- explain what the heck happened with all this Jake Smith stuff? Okay, so Jake Smith, he is a wide receiver. I guess he's on ASU still. <laughs> um, but he was denied a waiver to play for ASU this season. And if you want to get into Jake Smith's story, he played for Texas for a couple of seasons. And then he transferred to USC. And he got hurt at USC and missed... Um, I believe the entire last two seasons of, um, you know, football, college football, and he transferred to ASU. Now, earlier this year, the NCAA, you know, made it stricter for second-time transfers to play the first year, and that meant that a lot some waivers were denied but apparently if you've got a you know a medical reason for why you need you you should be able to play you should be able to play and he did not play at all last year wasn't even on usc's roster so why is he not allowed to play for asu this season I, it just doesn't yeah, make any that, sense to me. That makes absolutely zero sense. It makes zero sense no, to me. It's ridiculous. He was going to be a very important weapon in this offense. Now it's Elijah Badger, the tight ends, and a bunch of guys that need to prove themselves. Like well, Jake it, Smith's done it in the Big 12 for Texas before. He's had some solid seasons there. Now you got to rely on Andre Johnson. Uh, guys like that to step up at the white. So they, they go from a really strong receiving class to, well, they also have Jordan Tyson. Don't forget the wide receiver from, from Colorado coming in. So, I mean, they do have still a very solid wide receiver and weapons uh, up department for lack of a better word. But This is a major blow. This is a major blow. He was feeling great. I wrote a story about him uh, for Arizona sports.com. Uh, you can go check it out. I mean, it's out of date now, but um, he was feeling great. And this is just a, a bummer to see, honestly. And, and it it's just another – it's another example of, of the NCAA being just just doing too much, overstepping, in my opinion. This kind of goes back to I, – I, I was watching uh, Colt McCoy – 
the other day go on Burns and Gambo, and he kind of relayed to or talked about the fact that the NCAA seems like it's kind of moving toward a position where it's going to be done. Like yeah. they're not going to govern this anymore. The schools are just going to all come together and govern it themselves. Yes, I agree. I think that I I don't know if that will happen for the sports other than football, but I could see that you know happening. I mean, in reality, the only thing that NCAA has left to really go off of has been the NCAA tournament for both men's and women's basketball. That seems like the last thing that they have, like, true jurisdiction and true monetary value over. Ever since the college football playoff came in, I don't think that NCAA has had nearly as much power as they think they have had. But this has this incident in particular, and it's not just Jake Smith. There are other players that are dealing with this, too. This little incident seems to be the last little bit of NCAA intrusion or involvement. And to your guys' point, especially with all the conference realignment going on, I don't know how much longer NCAA is going to have governing control over, uh, particularly college football, as you said, Jesse. Now, now with this situation, I did touch on the fact that they have Tyson and they still have Elijah Badger. They still have the two tight ends. I'm still excited to see Messiah Swinson out there because he's just so tall and I want players, I want the quarterback to just chuck it up to him and see what happens. But I, I, this this is a big blow to your, to your point, Jesse. And I, not only do we feel bad for ASU as a team, we feel bad for the kid because he just wanted to get out there and play this year. And Jesse, you talked about it, how he was, you know, you wrote a story on ArizonaSports.com. He was looking forward to playing this year. Yeah, he hasn't played college football since 2020. That was the last time he played. It's ridiculous. So in 2019 for Texas, he had 25 catches for 274 yards and six touchdowns. And then in 2020, 23 catches for 294 yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, those are some pretty solid numbers in the Big 12. Um, you know, especially the touchdowns, nine touchdowns in two seasons. I mean, it's very that, good. That, yeah, it's very good. And they're not going to have that this year. And, I just feel bad for him because who knows if he's ever going to get the opportunity to play again because, you know, I, I don't I don't know if taking three years off and then playing again is, like, going to work. Football is not the sport to do that, unfortunately. Yeah. It's very hard to get back into the swing of things if you take a lot of time off. Yeah. I mean, Michael Vick did it. But I don't, it wasn't three years. Yeah. So, you know, it's just... I mean, to your to your point, you've seen it at the professional level. You mentioned Vic, and even most recently with Deshaun Watson taking 11, or being suspended 11 games, I should properly phrase. And then another local example at the NFL level, Kyler Murray. Like, what is he going to look like when he comes back from his injury? The Jake Smith situation, I mean, to echo you guys again, it sucks because... It's not like he was just bouncing from university to university to try and elevate himself. There was true reasoning behind it. And I'm not saying it was a loophole, but he did have a properly written excuse or properly governed excuse to be able to make this move to ASU to play. And the stipulation that annoys me the most is if he had stayed at AS or at USC, excuse me, he wouldn't have gotten to play either way. So he basically just got screwed out of an entire season. Now, I was told that he can try to appeal this, 
And that's my hope is that he can appeal this and get back onto the field for this season. Um, because th- this is just so lame. It's just so lame. NCAA has yeah. got to do better. They've just got to do better. Stop. This is supposed to be about the student athlete, right? It's supposed to be about the student athlete. It's not about the student athlete. No. It's about them, them exerting their power. Because yeah. this is not giving the student athlete the best experience possible. He's not played in 2021 and 2022. That's two seasons sat out. It's not fair. It's not fair. It is not fair. No. Um, now from the bad and the ugly to the better. And from what the NCAA has kind of done in terms of NIL in the past couple of years. Yeah, it was- Sure, we can give the credit to NCAA, or we can. I, no, 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 no. I don't want to be giving any credit to the NCAA right now. Like, no, thank you. I I'm good. I think it's more of a a court ruling that ended up making this a thing. Anyway, well, the Nap Lawrence stuff. Talk about it. Yeah. Um. So basically, what Kenny Dillingham said at uh, media availability after Camp T, which went viral, which went viral. Yeah, I saw CBS Sports even posted it said that if Nap Lawrence, who pledged a $1 million donation to the NIL collective um, the day of Kenny Dillingham's introductory press conference, Kenny Dillingham said that if he had not been a part of this program in, in that way, they would not have a football team. Yeah. Which is the first time I've ever heard somebody say something like that. That is crazy to me. But I kind of believe him. I do too. Right? Yeah. Especially with the way that college football and really all college sports in general with NIL have kind of changed. I think it's a massive statement to say on the day that you're introduced as the new head coach for Nap Lawrence to be there as a booster and to stand up and say, hey, you have a million dollars of my support to get this program to where it needs to be. That is incredibly impactful. So I have no problem with the way Dillingham phrased it. Now, there's responsibility on Dillingham to get the most out of the players that he brings in as well. But there is no fault with the way that Dillingham described the contribution of Nap Lawrence. I no just, fault at all, in my opinion. I just look at this in a different in a different way, though, Mitch. Like, this is crazy that if this one guy hadn't donated a million dollars to this NIL collective... Arizona State, a major Division I program that plays in a 53,000-seat stadium, would just have ceased to exist from a football perspective. That's crazy yeah. to me. That's just where we are. It is where we are. And it's it's why fans, whether or not they like NIL, have got to get involved in it if they have the means to. Because otherwise, your Saturdays might be different. You might have a completely different experience on Saturdays. Here, uh, and of course, like, sorry, emphasis Mitch. on sorry about that. And of course, like, emphasis on if you have the means to. Yes, of course. Between the three of us, I'd be I'd be surprised if any of us were able to drop even a million dollars combined, let alone say a hundred thousand. But if you ha- if you want to support this program, and you're supportive of the idea of these players getting paid the way they are getting paid and say you were on those message boards years ago complaining that college football players, they play in one of the richest markets in America, and yet they're not getting a a cent of anything. 
if you are one of those people and you have the means to be able to support the program in the way you feel it should be supported, do so. Because it's the only way that ASU is going to remain with the rest of the competition across the country, especially more so now that they're entering Big 12 country, which is a conference that very much cares about its football. Here is Kenny Dillingham uh, from that quote that went viral yesterday. Well, first of all, we wouldn't have a football team without Nap Lawrence. And you can put that on every single streaming media you want. Nap Lawrence built our football team because what he did when the first day I got hired, we would not have a team. Point blank, zero, we would not have a football team without Nap Lawrence, right? So to see him out here, that dude's as valuable to the program as anybody on the field. I called him the other day and said, come out on the field, do whatever you want. Without you, we don't have a team. Point blank, simple, because that's the new day and age of college football. And that, that audio is uh, via Sun Devil Source. Um, I think that's so important to hear. And it's like, I don't think any coach is saying that right now. And he's one of those coaches because there's some coaches around the country that are just like not a hundred percent bought into the NIL thing. And it's, it's mostly the, the schools that have had success outside of the NIL era that are like, man, teams are going to start catching up to us. And they're kind of seeing that. But in terms of a coach outwardly saying that, you know, we're here because of that, I think that's number one, important and number two should be an eye opener to other Arizona State fans that say like if they're um, only a little bit like skeptical of donating to ASU athletics and want their football team, want their basketball team, want their softball, baseball, soccer, whatever you may support to continue at Arizona State University, it's a big deal, and it and even a little bit can go a long way. Yeah, this just you know makes me think: Are we going to see programs? in college sports just evaporate and disappear that's that's where i'm like i'm wondering if you know kent state or toledo or bowling green i don't know why toledo i don't know why i went with uh three ohio schools (laughs) but i just wonder if any of those schools or any of these smaller schools are just gonna you know if their programs are just gonna go away Well, the way that realignment is happening as rapidly as it is, I understand the scare, I guess, Jesse. But at the same time, I wonder if realignment could actually be the best thing for those smaller universities where maybe it doesn't happen next year. Maybe it doesn't happen two, three, maybe even not a half decade from now. But eventually you have to imagine that college sports and maybe in particular college football itself is just going to become its own governing body where everybody finds a way to get a relative share so that they can keep their program afloat for the years to come. I it's very hard to imagine that universities just up and lose their football programs when they've had them for as long as they have. They might be very depleted though. I'm saying like depleted, sure, but I don't I don't know that they'll go like extinct or anything. Trotting like out that. like fifty player teams, stuff like that. Wouldn't be cool. I'll tell you that. That would not be fun. No. no. Um because then, you know, then we still then we go back to the problem that we were having before NIL where the you know you know, everybody makes the joke, the same four teams, you know, whatever, but it'll be the same whatever however many teams are gonna be in the new playoff. 
12. 12. Thank you. Um, let's go on to Camp T, though, real quick. Um, what have you guys seen? What have you guys heard from just the coverage over there? And I'll, I'll start off real quick. I'll say this. The players look like they're having a blast. Um, it hailed the other day. Uh, and uh, Kenny Dillingham was saying before they even went to Camp T that he was going to take their cell phones away. Um, he said that you can't take their cell phones away if it's hailing. They got to take video of that. Yeah, yeah. He said the whole cell phone thing didn't didn't really work out the way he wanted to. Uh, you know, but that's fine. It, number one, I think the players can disconnect um, by themselves. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if they want to. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I could. Uh, when I went to a summer camp one time, they took our phones for the entire. Did you cry? Camp? No, it was actually awesome. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Just to be away from technology i would have cried i had no i you know i had no connection to uh to the outside world it was great Mm. it was really great there's been a couple of times actually that i've gone camping and the emphasis that i put on myself really is you know you're out in nature you're using this time to connect with a part of the state to you know, put it on a smaller scale you're taking time to connect with a part of the state that you don't get to be with very often and I emphasize it to myself, like the only time I'm going to use my phone is if I'm going to take pictures, because that's the only reason that I would need it for. It's it's difficult at first, not going to argue with that, but it is kind of refreshing to be able to step away from the little handheld technology for a little bit. So I understand the emphasis Dillingham's trying to get. Also, just a general statement, it looks gorgeous up there. Yeah, I, I know that the conditions are not necessarily like the greatest, but... The field looks great. The weather outside of the hail, it looks like it's been awesome. It makes me really upset that I can't take the trek up to Payson this weekend. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I think that it's just one of those things where, and you know, hopefully we get into some sound here. Uh, it's just one of those things that it really connects the players to past history. It's kind of what Kenny Dillingham talked about. It's one of the, the those things that uh, connects players to past history, understands, you know, what Arizona State football is all about. And, you know, it's hard. It's because you're sleeping in, you know, these not ideal conditions. You know, Elijah Badger fell out of his bed. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So a little scary. <laughs> yeah. But it's just one of those things where it's not ideal. And but football is hard and you've got to go through hard trials and tribulations on the field so why not prepare for that by you know not ideal sleeping conditions or practicing in the heat i think everything that they've done so far this year is really going to help them in the season you know they have a nice practice bubble that they could have used in tempe but they opted they opted to practice outside get ready for the heat I think it's a it's really a a good plan for Kenny Dillingham and his staff. Here is Kenny Dillingham on Camp T. Tradition is important because they see that other people went through this. And like I said to somebody, I said to I forgot who I was interviewed yesterday with. We watched a video from 1988, and I watched half it, and I started to turn it off because you know it's old. And I'm like, you guys get the point, right? People have been coming up here, and the team's like, no, put it back on. They want that. They're still 18 to 22 year old kids. We get lost in this big business. All this, which conference we're going to play, and what the NIL is. Okay, all that's super relevant. 
all that's important, right? I want our kids to make more money than any team in the country because they deserve it. But that does not take away the fact they're kids. Does not take away the fact that they need these memories. Doesn't take away the fact that these are the brothers they're going to remember for the rest of their life. And even though they're getting paid, they're still not professionals. They're not being set up for life financially. That's what school's going to do. That's what the brotherhood's not going to do. That's what the Valley's going to do when these kids graduate and they don't go pro, right? That's what college football's still about. These kids just get this extra ability, right, to make some money. Yeah, I, I, here's here's what I'll say about what, what he said there. I love that the players are interested in the history of Camp T. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's a really interesting thing when I hear people say, oh, you know, these young players, they aren't interested in the history of the game. I don't know what kind of sports fan most people are, but, like, as a sports fan, I've always kind of, like, gone back and read through stats of old <laughs> players and watched Ken Burns baseball and just tried to learn about the games that I have loved. Sure. And I'm sure players have done, like, I love Harold Carmichael stat uh, highlights. There's a six foot eight wide receiver for the Eagles in the 70s, way before my time. But his highlights are awesome to watch because he's just no one's ever done that before. Uh, no one's ever been a really good wide receiver at six foot eight. And so it's just fun to watch him go out there and moss people all the time. He was like the first guy that really mossed people. Um, and so it's just. He was Carmicheling people. Yeah, he was Carmicheling people. <laughs> and and so I, I feel like players themselves, obviously, they want to know about the traditions and of where they go because they're interested in the sport of football. Like I think tradition is one of the big reasons why these SEC schools are so good. Yeah. Players want to go to these traditional powers. And so I, it's just weird to me that people kind of think that young people don't know who, you know, like an old college star, like Barry Sanders was like, or is like I you know I, I think that it, that's just weird so I think that these players probably really are you know relishing in the history of Camp T anybody that tells you that they don't care about sports history they're lying to you if if let's say for example if a Yankees fan were to walk up to you and said oh I don't care about history but then be the same guy that yells out 27 rings they literally just lied to you that they don't care about history yeah every Every sports fanatic, every athlete, every coach, they care about the history and the tradition of the program they're a part of. Point blank, no lie, no cap, however else you want to phrase it. Them experiencing Camp T is a big part of being a Sun Devil. That was, you know, for for some good reasons, of course, with COVID being a thing in 2020 and 21 and even into stretches of 22, Camp T was a big part of history that was missed as the last few years or so of ASU football. I'm so glad that it came back so that it could be a part of this next generation of Sun yeah. Devil football players because it needs to be. That's perfect. Perfect way yeah, to put it, Mitch. For sure. Um, let's now move on to the biggest news in, I don't know, ASU history. No, they've moved conferences before. <laughs> I feel like moving from the whack to the pack back in the day is a big move here's michael crow uh last saturday talking about the move what's well, often the case in the media that the media thinks that the measurement of the success of our program is the media contract and the share per school 
the media contract is a fraction of our revenue relative to ASU athletics, even relative to football athletics and other athletics. And so we've got lots of revenue sources. We were very interested at ASU on finding a way to connect to more people uh, and, and so forth. But we have to be in a viable conference to do that. And once uh, Oregon and Washington decided to go to the uh, Big Ten, the conference was no longer viable. And so viability meant you can't be un you can't be in a non-viable position for more than a few hours in our mind. So we resolved that. It's funny that he says that. Um... I'm just I can't. I was just laughing at Dillingham in the background. Yeah, and and the <laughs> and, and the music voice. <laughs> yeah, Michael Crow getting interviewed at, at a club basically is what it's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I, I want. But I mean, to... like I believe him when he says it, right? I'm sure. Here's what I'm worried like, about, though. And I and I said this. It's deep... living in the not not to not to go back to what I was previously, you know, not to contradict myself, but. It's living in the past. Move forward. Say that you're excited with this move. You don't need to harp on like, oh, we wanted to keep the Pac-12 together, but Oregon and Washington left, so we can't now. Just say we're excited for the Big 12. We're excited for the opportunities. Disappointed about what happened, but you know this is an exciting opportunity. Don't want to keep dwelling on the past. The Pac-12 over. They they had an opportunity for a thirty million dollar a year. Uh, According to John Canzano, a thirty TV million deal. dollar uh, TV deal, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't thirty million dollars a year. It was thirty million dollars for the entire conference to break up between them. Actually, oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah then anyway, not a good deal. <laughs> no. Not a good deal. The Pac-12 <laughs> was in trouble. The Pac-12 was in trouble, and this is a new exciting opportunity that keeps Arizona state relevant in athletics and just move forward. We don't need to dwell on how much you wanted to save the pac 12. Okay. But generally speaking, I think at the same time, Michael Crow was looking for a reasonable excuses to explain why they ended up leaving. And I don't think at the time Colorado leaving was a good enough excuse for them to bail out. I think once Arizona applied for big 12 membership, then it started to kind of get in the back of his mind of like, okay, if everybody's starting to bail, we need to do what's best for our university. And you know what? To Michael Crow's credit, because he was in a difficult spot either way, and I get it. We were begging him. We were on our hands and knees two weeks ago begging him to get out of this conference. But we also kind of look at it through a smaller lens, right? Michael Crow looks at it through the lens of when I was hired to be the president of these, this university, I had to take down frat row. I had to kill the perception of this being a party school in the Southwest. I had to rebuild this up to be a true academic institution. And while the athletic programs have had some good peaks and some very, very tough valleys, I think Michael Crow's focus this entire time has been trying to improve the academic perception of Arizona State. He didn't want to depart because he wanted to be with particular, and he said this much, he wanted to be with universities like Stanford and Oregon and Washington, which makes sense. USC, UCL, et cetera. Like he, he fears that the academic perception of ASU jumping to the big 12, and this is not me knocking big 12 schools. And I'm sure he wasn't either. He wanted to keep the academic perception high because that's what he's worked on year after year since becoming president of the university. So I get it. You want to save athletics, but he wants to keep up the perception of the one thing that he was brought in to do. 
that makes sense but it also when he says that it was no longer viable because washington and oregon left that bothers me because that means that he was not being proactive about this situation he was just a wait and see well of course guy. not he's a history guy he wanted to keep the conference alive it's been alive for over 100 years i don't blame him for that but I agree with you that maybe he should have been he, a little more reactive. We saw the writing on the wall. Proactive. We saw the writing on the wall. He should have too. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's just move on to the last thing. Uh, Ray Anderson, and we'll just summarize this real quick, just to so that we can get it out there. He's not going on a car ride trip with Jesse to Virginia. No, <laughs> West Virginia. I don't uh, live in. I'm not from West Virginia. He's not Virginia. going there either. Well, Jesse, you said last week that you're going to start driving from your mom's house, and then you realize it was four and a half hours away. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not that bad of a drive. Anyway, so uh, he said he wasn't going to Morgantown as a joke, and it was not taken as a joke. People from Morgantown, people around the country, people from at, that went to ASU were not very happy that he said that. He came on Bickley and Murata the other day, apologized um he said he called the athletic director at west virginia and he talked to the president at west virginia um said that he apologized to them specifically and that he's looking forward to his next trip to morgantown <laughs> so we said this was a weird this was going to be one of the weirdest if not the weirdest matchup in the big 12 coming up I'm not sure it is now. I think I think there's a little rivalry rivalry of brewing here, <laughs> and I'm not sure that you know even if they've made up or whatever, I'm not sure the fans are gonna forget that. And so, nope. you know, the WVU fans might be a, a little bit ruthless toward the ASU fans, and so the ASU fans aren't gonna like that. So yeah, WVU ASU maybe start playing for a trophy, which is like I don't know That's what so Big Ten. Though. I don't know what trophy like, this it is would not be. Big Ten. Yeah, but. But I don't I don't know what trophy it would be. Maybe like the the mountain desert trophy where you mountain. just like stick a mountain on the mountain a... devil. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Don't a talk pitch, about those devils though. A pitchfork and you know, a mountain next to I that was a old school Herm reference there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh glad you got oh, it. <laughs> uh, there was a uh like a, a pitchfork maybe and a mountain together somehow in some awful looking trophy because all of these rivalry trophies for the most part look terrible um so yeah it's just uh yeah what no it's just yeah that's all yeah it's it's look, it's a rivalry of brewing look as someone who likes to sneak in a poorly timed joke from time to time uh when you're being handed a life vest getting onto the uh, rescue boat, that is not the time to slide in a tasteless joke, generally speaking. Like, hey, here's your life vest. We're happy to save you. Oh, you only have the ones with the buckles? Ugh, I don't want this. That's what it felt like. That's really what it felt like. I like your analogies. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, that's going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Phil Mickelson apparently is betting on golf. So that's a thing. He's also allegedly. Led, yeah. Um, that's what I said. Apparently former ASU legend, legendary golfer that has been in the news for some negative things recently. Apparently He's been in the news for a while for negatively 40, so, 40 bets yeah. on a day, 43 bets on a day, on major league baseball in one day. In one day. <laughs> and that, I think he tried to put a hundred thousand on the Ryder cup that he was playing in. That's what allegedly, 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 yeah. allegedly. Yeah. Um, so we'll follow that story as it continues because that 
that's interesting. Pete Rose got uh, you know, banned from baseball for doing similar things. So yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't know. Phil can get Phil's on the live tour, so I guess he right. can still play. But the live could he tour. get banned from majors or something? I don't. Maybe. Know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. That's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. You can follow us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. You can watch all of our video podcasts on our YouTube channel for on uh, Arizona Sports YouTube channel. Just search that and you'll find it. It'll be very easy. Thanks to everyone that has listened the past couple of weeks. We've had a lot of fun talking about all this Big 12, Pac-12 situation. Happy that ASU decided to go to the Big 12 and excited for the future. But as we've said last week, it's going to be a sad final season in the Pac-12. And we're looking forward to it nonetheless. Uh, for Mitch Reldis and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you soon.